here's the thing. If I would have buckled and exited that, if I wouldn't have had the cash, I had the cash to do it, right? I, I didn't need the money back immediately. That was a huge part of it. And, and, you know, we were willing to wait it out. So we rented the property and immediately it was, it was breaking even, right? Immediately we're breaking even because it was a big house and it was a re and the rentals and rents weren't going down 1% a month. They were not, they weren't going down that fast, right? Rents stayed about the same. They were low, but they stayed about the same immediately break even. So as soon as I, you know, I what a year 2020 was 2021 is here. And I hope you're hitting the ground running. I know we are here at Dwelling. We've just got a deal on the contract. We're going to be closing on soon. For those that have joined us on that deal, um, you know what I'm talking about. If you are saying, what am I talking about? Then you need to take your investing game to the next level in this year. So make sure you join the Dwelling deal list, it's an exclusive deal list. Um, not only do you get access to our deals, quickly but you also get tips and tricks about you know how you can take your, your investing game to the next level this year so if you are not on the dwelling deal list click on the link in the show notes or just go to dwelling.com um, that's d-w-e-l-l-y-n-n.com or just go to investwithola.com and just sign up sign up sign up sign up Thank you so much for joining us on The Dwelling Show. I'm your host, Ola Dantes. I've got an incredible, amazing guest with us today, Gus Castro. Hey, Gus, how you doing, man? Doing great. Thanks for having me here. Yeah, uh, we were just talking before we hit record here, uh, thankfully, um, about the fact that we're, we're neighbors um, here yeah. in Katy, Texas. So. That, is, that is crazy. Unplanned. Yeah. Did, not, did not set this up, right? I know. I could have been in there with you sharing the microphone. I know, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of excited about that. And you, you've got you know, an incredible story. I love what you're doing. Um, you've got a, a hundred plus you know, team. And going strong so you know really want to share your story and kind of learn from you as well so maybe just kind of tell our listeners a little bit more about you know who you are and kind of what you've been doing and, and kind of what you're doing lately actually yeah so you know uh, originally from mexico you know i was trained studied as an engineer for software i got recruited from to microsoft out of school here in mexico well, over in mexico not here over in mexico i moved between the u.s and mexico so i was like where, where am i right now uh, you know, so I got recruited to work at Microsoft. This was back in 2004, back in the day. Um, and I ended up working there for about 10 years uh, and loved, I mean, I, I loved Microsoft. It was a great company uh, and it was a dream job. I was making six figures, working in high tech, everything you could want, except it wasn't really my dream. I'll let it be really honest with you, right? So it was, it was, it was it's a dream job, but when it's not your dream, it gets a little bit hard, right? My, my wife was the, the main instigator of uh, trying something different. Uh, she got licensed for real estate in 2008 as the world was kind of ending. Um, and, and, she, and she brought the business to the forefront of my life, like in real estate and investing and working with investors. And because and there were a lot of investors out there in 2008, 9, 10, uh, um, you know, getting a lot of deals. And that was kind of my first uh, a taste of what that even looked like from afar. And I wasn't, I wasn't investing yet, but from afar, I was like, oh, wow, that's interesting. And I got licensed in 2010. Um, you know, and yeah, you know, I, I tried doing a flip with my brother-in-law and then we got our first rental and then a second rental, then a third rental. Um, you know, it's been kind of, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not one of those, I'm not like you yet. I, I'm not doing multifamily big time yet for like, like, like you and your, and your students and, 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 and uh, you know, folks. 
uh, but I aspire to do that too. Uh, I, I went full-time into real estate in 2013 because uh, I just saw the power of that. And I started this company, Power ISA, my inside sales company in 2015. And I grew that from three people in 2015 uh, to now over 100 people uh, as of this morning. So pretty crazy. Um, yeah, um, there's a bunch that I want to, <laughs> I want to pick up. I want to unpack on that. Um, sure. You said something really impactful, Ray. You know, you had a dream job, but it wasn't your dream. That is, I've never heard that before. That is super impactful, Ray. And uh, another way that I say it is, you know, I can't give my kids my promotions, <laughs> right? Like, uh, or my title, right? I can't say, you know, I'm, you know, managing director of X company, but I can give that legacy of my business to my girls, right? So I think that's, I think that I just love what you said, you know, it's a dream job, but wasn't my dream. So that's really impactful. Um, so you did a little bit of, of real estate, but I want to talk about kind of a little bit of real estate, but also kind of you growing this business and what this business is all about and how we can find leads and investors and things like that. But kind of curious, how was your foray into real estate investing? And maybe, you know, use that to share a story of it, yours. It, yeah, it started with a failed flip. I think we <laughs> like a lot of people. My first rental, my first rental was a house. We tried, we bought it for, I think it was probably 200,000 to 20 as a short sale uh, in Seattle. Um, you know, and we were gonna, you know, remodel it, probably put in about $30,000 into it between my, myself, my, my, my wife, my brother-in-law, my in-laws, everyone pitched in and they came up from Mexico to help us. And but here's, here's a crazy story. This is a hundred percent true. The Zillow's estimate for that property. Well, I don't know how, but it was in the three fifty to $400,000 range. Right. And we not knowing what the heck we were doing. This is 2010. This is early 2010. Um, we're like, we hit the jackpot. This is going to sell in two seconds. We're going to make a hundred and two hundred thousand, you know, a hundred thousand dollar profit off this thing by just putting a couple of months of work into it. This is going to be the best deal ever. So, you know, this is literally what we thought. Oh, like this is like, hey, this is an estimate. Sounds like HGTV. Sounds like HGTV goes. HGTV. <laughs> no, this is even funnier. This is even funnier. As we were working on the property, this is 100% true. I worked on the property for two, three months. We changed, you know, the siding, the, the roof, you know. It wasn't a gut rehab. It was like a, a shell rehab and a little bit of painting the interior. Not a ton, not a ton, but about 30 grand. Uh, and it was a big house, 3,000 square foot house, older house. Um, so we made it look newer, newer. Um, and at, during those three months, the Zestimate kept going up and up and up. And it was 2010. Everything was going down, right? So it's like, no, no, no. They must know we're remodeling this home. I am not joking. That's what we thought. Like, that hey, is the funniest thing ever. They must, they must be seeing the improvements we're making. It's obviously now worth $400,000. There was no way you could justify that valuation except for what Zillow said. We put it on the market, gangbusters deal, 350. To make a long story short, six months later, it hadn't sold. Obviously, not even close to that amount. The market was going down. It was still going down at that time. It was going lower every month, not higher every month. So, you know, we were, you know, lucky if you even got up, would get an offer at, at the price we bought it at for 220, even with a lot of this remodeling done, because investors were the ones buying at that time. They could get their pig. They could pick whatever property they wanted. They were not going to get one that was just like flipped over uh, uh, from a few months ago. So that was an interesting lesson, you know, very interesting one right then and there. Um, but we turned it into a rental, uh, you know, and, and I ended up, you know, buying them out uh, a few years later. 
and and I turned it into a, I rented out the basement, turned it into a duplex, and it's a cash cow for me. Cash cow. Right? You know, like real estate is so forgiving. Keep going. I love that. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. If so, here's the thing. If I would have buckled and exited that, if I wouldn't have had the cash, I had the cash to do it, right? I, I didn't need the money back immediately. That was a huge part of it. And, and, you know, we were willing to wait it out. So we rented the property and immediately it was, it was breaking even, right? Immediately we're breaking even because it was a big house and it was a rent, and the rentals and rents weren't going down 1% a month. They were not, they weren't going down that fast, right? Rents stayed about the same. They were low, but they stayed about the same immediately break even. So as soon as I, you know, I bought out, you know, everybody else turned it into a duplex cash city, my man, cash, city. Yeah, cash flowing a thousand bucks after everything a month out of off of a duplex in seattle so pretty i mean that was a disaster turned into a pretty good story a few couple this took a couple years wasn't easy um but we had printed around for that property i'm really proud of that no i'm so excited to to hear to hear the end of that and that's why i like real estate right um it just it just come it just somehow turns around right just when you think oh my goodness like what is going to happen with this and then it just kind of turns around and if you just kind of stay you got to get creative Ola. you got to get creative what you what you want never usually doesn't happen 100 percent. sometimes you don't get what you want sometimes you get what you need right have you heard that before you're like hey i needed that lesson right to understand hey there's more to it than zestimate than zestimate to make this story even better, my wife, who was the only agent in the the only real estate agent the whole time, was obviously telling us we were nuts. <laughs> this is not this is not true. This oh not wow! Really oh wow! Negative. Be positive. Come on, look at this. We can do this. And obviously, you know, the voice of reason didn't we didn't listen uh, at all. Uh, but again, I, if you look at the whole story, that was part of my education. I invested that money to become an investor, right? To understand real estate, to understand, to really understand valuations and comparables and how those things work. Trust me, I will never take a step like that again without checking the market, right? I realized how important that was the hard way. Don't do it, folks. You guys are smarter. You can figure this out much better than I can. Uh, but that's just a real story, 100%. Wow. No, what a, what a, what a fascinating start to our conversation here. So you started your, your, your business, right? Like you said, with three people, now you've got a hundred plus, um, in like six years, five, six years, six six years. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us about your business. What is the, what is the business? What you, what you guys do? How, what's the structure you know, talk to us a little bit about that business. So, you know, when I left Microsoft, I became a full-time real estate agent and I helped my wife build her team. That was kind of my goal. I'm going to give myself a few months. Let me help her out. Then I'll, then I'll go back. Well, it's been eight years since that and I haven't gone back. So I, I think I did okay. Um, and I helped her hire the administrative assistant. I helped her hire buyer's agents. And I helped her hire one role that I thought was really interesting, which was inside sales agent, like an outbound telemarketer for real estate. That was a role that I helped bring in. I, I, I learned about it. I studied it. I coached to get more information. I paid the best people in the country to teach me what that was about, what the model was. And, and, and I liked it, right? My, the, the, one of the first ISAs I brought into the company helped me set 22 listing appointments in one month uh, in Seattle, calling expired listings. That's all we were calling. And, you know, boom, within a, within a month, they were setting that kind of appointment. And I said, okay, this is interesting. This is an interesting model. And being from Mexico originally, I said, I bet I can get a team built in Mexico, in country, with people like me, like myself, right? That spoke native English, that had the gift of gab, that could do sales. And I bet I can make that work. And here's the crazy part, Ola. Uh, you know, in real estate, like investors, we're always chasing the client. 
We gotta hustle. We gotta convince them. We gotta corral them. We gotta nurture them. We gotta, you know, get them into our our, our uh, book of business, right? Got to get them into the sphere. Um, when I told folks that I was building an inside sales team remotely, they told me, "Here's my money. Can you hire one person for me? I mean, you're gonna be down there anyway. Can you get another person? Get another seat. Buy another computer. Buy another. Get another person hired. Train. I know you can train for this role. So get someone for me, Gus. Will you?" Literally, people were calling me up saying, well, you haven't returned my call. I want, I want you to hire someone for me, right? When can you do this? Take my money, please. It was a $7,500 commitment, 7,500 bucks. And they were giving the money to me. And I said, okay, this is, I'm onto something here. This is not normal in real estate. This isn't typical, right? We're chasing against the client. Clients were coming to me. I said, there's, there's a need. That's what it told me as a business person. There's a need for this. And that's how it started. And, and the, today, the 75 is that for the whole year? Oh, no, that, that's for three months. That was, that, that was back oh, then. Wow. I have a different offer now, but that was back then. I, I didn't know what I was doing. You know, I didn't know how it was a lot, a little, a lot. I didn't know. I just knew they said yes. I said, well, maybe I should have charged more. Maybe I should have charged 10 to get started. I had no idea. No idea what I was doing, right? So, I said, hey, here's 7,500 bucks to, to, to hire and train someone and get them on my team full time. And, and let's see what happens, right? So, that was crazy to me. The people w- would make that kind of investment was crazy to me. Um, but I knew there was a need. That's what it, it taught me. Like, okay, there's a need for this. And even now, fast forward to, to you know, March of 2021 that just ended as we're recording this. I, I, this last month, I launched 10 new campaigns with 10 full-time ISAs. I launched it this last month, 10 brand new ones. I should have launched like 14 of them, Ola. I didn't have enough people, right? So even now, even now, I'm turning people away almost, right? Like, wish I had more people to... To, to staff these campaigns because there's still a huge need, right? There's a huge need in the marketplace because people want the listings. It's They were valuable back then. This is 2015. They're even more valuable now. So walk me through what these folks in, in Mexico are doing or just kind of the ISAs, like just kind of a typical, you know, case study or what, you know, um, and yeah. then maybe we can kind of shift to kind of the online lead generation. For sure. They, they do basically one of two roles. One is that true outbound prospecting cold calling role, which is calling expired FISBO, circle prospecting, calling probates, calling motivated sellers, people with high equity, people with similar to how investors target people for mailers, except you add a skip trace it to get a phone number. Now you've got a calling list in addition to a mailing list, in addition to you know, all, all these other things. Calling is just another way to get in front of them and try to get that conversation started. That's one role, the outbound cold calling role. The other role that we fill, and this is a huge part of our retail real estate side, is lead manager. We call it the lead manager, which they work within a CRM, managing a database of two, three, four, five thousand 5,000 leads. Uh, and they're managing new inbound leads coming in every day, whether that's from online advertising, organic advertising, uh, signed calls, mailer calls, uh, voicemail drops, text messages, they're messaging, text messaging back leads. They're, they're not so much working on lead, con- lead generation. They're working on lead conversion, setting appointments, connecting live transfers to agents day in and day out. So it's usually those are the two main roles that we fill for teams, the outbound prospecting role or the inbound lead conversion and qualification. Fascinating. And I guess, you know, one of the reasons why this is working so much um, down in Mexico is obviously the cost of payroll when benchmarked with obviously folks here in the United States. I'm Cor- correct. You can get, you know, a native English speaking person. They probably grew up in the U.S., 
that has a sales background and they're going to make a great living for like a fraction of what someone would cost in the US. Great uh, inside salespeople in house in the US cost $60,000, $70,000 a year, right? Salary plus bonuses. That's a, that's a, that's a basic salary, a, a median salary. Uh, you know, if you get someone from outside the US, it's going to be a fraction of that. It just depends where you want to go to find. Wow, fascinating. Okay, so let's talk about something somewhat, um, something that is, is a little bit selfish for me because I want to find out how are you looking for investors on your online campaigns? Yeah, so we, we work with a lot of investors. Investors typically hire us, right? They've been, and they've got, they have usually one of those two problems. They want to generate, they have lists, very valuable lists that they've built of potential sellers, motivated sellers, high equity sellers, sellers of a certain age group, sellers that are behind on their mortgage maybe, that they're having some issues, whatever it is, right? Some kind of distress situation. They buy those lists and they're marketing to those lists. They're marketing with mailers and marketing. You know, you're an investor, this is typically it. Phone calls is another way that they reach out to them and try to get that conversation started. That's one. And another type of investor has a team, more established investors. They're larger wholesalers or even fix and flip operations that are larger. They are generating a lot of inbound inquiries at some at one point, right? They're not just doing outbound prospecting. They're doing Google pay-per-click, Facebook pay-per-click, tons of mailers, voicemail drops, SMS to where they need someone just responding to everybody, all the inquiries, qualifying into the garbage, and passing the right people to the acquisition managers, right? So they can go set appointments and try and close deals. That's, that's kind of, it's more of a lead manager role, even within the investor space. Fascinating. I mean, that seems like a, a lot of um, touch points there. So I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that you are, are you kind of like, you know, the main manager or do you have somebody under you that's kind of managing all these other ISAs? Oh, yeah. Yeah. At this point now, I have an operations manager. I have one person that's, you know, that has a staff, right? They have a staff of 10, 15 people that supervises a large team of ISAs. Uh, you know, and we have quality assurance team, like an analyst team that looks at numbers, makes sure just keeping everybody honest that they're doing their jobs. We have full-time trainers on staff that all they do is grab new people, teach them, educate them, train them, get them on the phone and get them ready for new campaigns. We even have coaches on staff, right? That just listen to calls, coach people, you know, teach them how to respond, handle objections, how to, how to talk to a seller on the phone. Wow, fascinating! You have a pretty tight shop there. Um, yeah, so big operation. Yeah, no, uh, like amazing job. Um, so I mean, you've got kind of you you've got a lot of your processes. I'm guessing down to a T. What's the next step? I mean, what what's, what does the future look like? Oh, that's a really interesting question, right? I, I, that's that's a rare one that I ever get asked. So for me, uh, one of the biggest challenges for 2021. That's actually a couple of things. Number one. Uh, we are becoming more and more of a software as a service uh, enhanced business, right? So it's not just people on the phone, uh, you know, in the back office in Mexico, right? That's not the only thing we provide. We also help people on a per lead basis. That's another service that we have, relatively new service that we have is that we can help you if you don't have enough leads to really make it worth hiring a full-time or even a part-time person, you, you can, we can work for you on a per lead basis. So we're building a website and tools and, and APIs and integrations to help people connect with your CRM, with your preferred lead provider, and to make sure that whenever you send us a lead, we're calling, texting, helping follow, follow up with those leads, regardless of what system uh, that lead happens to come from, right? Whether that's a Google campaign, a Facebook campaign, YouTube campaign, doesn't really matter. We grab it 
and we help convert it. We know it's a motivated seller, potentially distressed seller looking for a cash offer. That's what we know. Where it came from usually is not the biggest part of the conversation. It's like, hey, what? it's about them. It's about the seller. What can you do to help them, right? It's rarely about you as an investor or as, a com as who is calling. Who cares who you are? It's about them. How can you help them out of their situation? How can you give them options? How can you help them out, right? Whatever they're, they're dealing with. So, so that's what we help. So a big challenge for us is building out that infrastructure and becoming more of a software as a service company. So that's where I see the future of the company. Definitely growth. We're going to keep growing with the model that we have. The challenge for us is incorporating tools, software to help, you know, drive success of our clients. Wow. Fascinating. I mean, I think um, I can keep going on and on, but I think we're definitely um, dwelling into the quick rounds. These are going to be quick questions, quick answers. Ready, sir? Shoot. All right. Very first question. What makes you, Gus, unique um, from the next guy or the next girl? What is that differentiating factor that separates you? You could be you or it could be your business. Yeah. So for me and my business, uh, you know, I grew up on the border between the U.S. and Mexico. That, that's where I'm from, like natively from. So I have one foot in the U.S. and one foot in Mexico. I honestly feel Ola, that I am one of the few people on the face of the earth that could have made a company like this. Because not only did I come up with that idea, I worked in real estate, I'm an investor, but I, I know both countries intimately, right? Like very few people with that kind of experience know. So I can turn around and speak in 100% native Spanish to my people, right? And I can build a company and I can recruit and I can build a team uh, in, in Spanish and I can turn around and do it in English, right? So, you know, it's kind of, a, that's kind of my, my unique value proposition. Uh, that I'm bicultural, like truly bicultural between, and I navigate both countries. It's a, the border with the U.S. is a weird place, right? You know, and you're pretty close to that area right now. It's, you know, it's, the closer you get, the stranger it is because you, you both, there isn't a fine line. The, the cultures and the countries overlap in a really interesting way. And, and that's what we, the border dwellers kind of bring to that, to that to the table. So I, I really feel that one of the unique things that I have is that I'm part of that culture. And I've been able to find opportunities to connect both cultures. Um, yo estudio español todos los días. Ah, muy bien, excelente. <laughs> Gracias. Next question. Um, what was the last book that you read and what was the one thing you picked up from that book? Uh, you know, I was expecting this one, so a little, a little bit cheating, but this is 100% accurate. I just finished Shoe Dog by Phil On, Knight, the founder yeah. of, of Nike. Nike. Yeah, yeah and, and I read it as I've got two little kids. One of my kids was having trouble sleeping. So I grab, I would grab up my phone with my kid around you know, my back and I would read this book at night, right? Which is a great time, nice and quiet, no distractions, crying baby. But I would read this book on my phone and I, and I you know, I'm like, well, see, let's see if this works. Unbelievable book, very entertaining, very engaging, very well written um, about the early days of that company, right? The struggles and the setbacks mm -hmm and the running out of money and the not knowing what they were going to do the next day, it re I really feel identified with that book and that, and that it's a gr and it's a grind that lasted not six months, not a year, 10 years of grinding before he became an overnight success with his night, right? So I felt identified with that and I going, this is what it's about. This is what it's about. It's not, it's not just about the money, but it's about the journey, right? That journey, and that journey is difficult. It's, it's difficult, it's hard. One out of 10 companies makes it after five years. One out of those 10 makes it after 10 years. So that's what I'm looking for. Yep, I, I, I mean, I can add to that. Um, you mentioned you got two kids. Um, obviously you're running a, a hundred plus you know, team. Um, you're a busy guy. You've got some real estate assets, as you mentioned. What do you do for fun? 
Oh boy. So, well, it's actually a really timely question because today, the day we're recording this, is opening day for baseball in the US. I've got my, you know, I was just watching my San Diego Padres, got my, got my sweatshirt here going on. Um, you know, and I got my, my, my baseball hat. I was watching my team. Uh, that's one of my escapisms is baseball. I like to see grown men swing a bat and hit a ball for fun, right? That's one of my things. It's kind of a silly sport, uh, but I absolutely love it. It's a national pastime here in the US. So I, I've adopted it and I love it, uh, you know. So yeah, ba baseball is absolutely one of my favorite ways to kind of tune out and uh, have fun and just focus on that for a bit. Oh man, that's fascinating. Yeah, I love that. So if there's somebody listening thinking, wow, I really like this, you know, God's guy, you know, maybe then, you know, Mexico actually, because we have listenership all over the world, or maybe they're obviously right here in the United States, maybe they're also like, they, they want to use the service. What's the best way people can reach out to you, get to learn more about what you're doing? Uh, that's my website, powerisa.com, all one word, powerisa.com is the best way to reach out to us, learn a little bit more about us. And on Facebook, you can actually type PowerISA into Facebook and you'll find me, you'll find our free Facebook group you can check out. There's no cost to join. We're always talking about interesting topics about marketing, converting uh, leads for, in, for real estate on Facebook. So we're always talking about all those topics. Gus, really appreciate it. Thank you so much for spending time with us. You had a dwelling show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thanks a bunch. Appreciate it. You may have heard the phrase, there are a thousand ways to make a thousand dollars in real estate. Well, now you can actually tune into the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast with over a thousand, believe it, or a thousand podcasts and still going. The best real estate investing advice ever show is hosted by a very good friend of mine, Joe Fellers. Joe talks to influential thought leaders who share the best advice ever with none of the fluff you've got to check this stuff out so listen and subscribe at bestevershow.com that's bestevershow.com